Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. The question they're looking at here is, you know, did the pandemic situation actually exacerbate this problem or did it just reveal something that was already happening? And I suspect it's the latter, although it might have exacerbated it a little bit, because we have talked in the past about how young people, specifically teenagers, are more likely to, quote unquote, hang out online. You know, but whereas, you know, maybe in the past when we were growing up, we would get together in physical reality with our friends, whether it be, you know, going to the mall or playing, you know, some sport or in in the woods or whatever that kids did. uh, There was much more real life interaction and not so Mm -hmm. much these days. Yeah, especially especially not over the past couple of years. Right. So a story here from Vice at the beginning of 2022, a TikTok video of a tearful woman talking about friendship and loneliness made the rounds on Twitter. She said, quote, I have people who love me and who care about me, but it was so clear that I'm a tier two or a tier three friend that that resulted in me having to spend the last two years literally alone. She says further, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out. What did I do in my life that resulted in me being so lonely right now? I thought I had cultivated a stronger community. But when we went to school, uh, and you're in your 50s, nobody, and I'm in my 40s, and Chris, you're about to be, I think, yep. in, in your 40s. So we were in school in the 80s and the 90s, I think. Is that a fair, yep. thing, fair thing to say? Mostly 90s for um, me, but yeah. We, we didn't have a device in front of us at all times well, speak for yourself. Throughout the school day. Oh, really? Did you have like a laptop or something? <laughs> no, I did, but uh, mostly, mostly your t- towards your the high school. Your graphing calculator, I'm not going to count that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. I don't know. A TI-83 can be pretty engrossing. True. Uh, and I did have one of those, too. Um, I, I, had, uh, I had like handheld devices probably from like fifth grade on. Um, before that, they didn't really exist. Yeah. But when you say a handheld device, though, what are you talking about? Uh, like either an organizer pilot? or a Palm Pilot okay. or something along those lines. Yeah. All right. Um, I didn't get a Palm Pilot until I was out of high school and you know doing productive things. Yeah, with you're my time. you're a few years older a than me, so older that kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but I think that that's a factor here as far as if you are in a, even though you're forced by the government to be in an environment that is technically social because there are people around. If you are able to withdraw from that environment while you're still physically there, so you're mentally withdrawing from it by going into the world of... And, you know, maybe it would have been comic books or something like that when we were growing up, right? Like, maybe there would have been a way for somebody who is in that environment to withdraw. I would think, like, being in communication with other people would make it easier, you know? Uh, Not, like, less lonely, not more lonely, but I could kind of see if you never do anything with those friends, but well, yeah, there's a difference between talking to somebody online who you see in physical reality from time to time right. and then somebody who is exclusively interacting with, you know, video game friends or other people that they yep. will never see uh, beyond maybe uh, some convention that they happen to attend once a year or something like that. <laughs> so. I know those people. <laughs> no, lots of those people. <laughs> And if you're happy living that life, that's fine, right? Yeah. Like if, it doesn't, if that doesn't take anything out of you, then great. If you are feeling satisfied with that level of interaction, because I know there's some people that they don't like to be around other people. Um, <laughs> yeah. What do you call those people? Introverts? Yeah. Um, the, the extrovert is somebody who feeds off of being around other people, but 
arguably even an introvert probably would feel better if they could connect with somebody. I don't know. I mean, technically, I tested as an introvert I when I took that quiz, what do they call it, Myers-Briggs, many years ago. I tested as an introvert. Uh, you're, you're a weird introvert. I will say that. Um, <laughs> you're the most social introvert I've ever met. Yeah, well, I think that you don't always have to stay the way that you were, right? Like, can't you kind of work on changing yourself and become I don't know. more for, extroverted? You know, for me, it's, it's been like, I, I think you're, I would probably describe myself as an introvert, too. We're kind of cold uh, in the Northeast, I think. Um, if you if you're comparing against like maybe California, which is kind of a, a fake friendly, mm. or if you maybe down south, it, there mm, you know there there's a little bit more. I don't know. There's more. I don't know what the Southern word is. I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. That's mm. not, I, I, that's not quite the word I was looking for. But okay. yeah, you know what I'm saying, right? Okay. What yeah. do you think? Do you agree with him on this, nobody? Um, I don't know. I've I haven't spent any time in California and. Uh, I'm very grateful for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, the weather's nice. It's nice weather, but yeah, definitely. But not good people. Yeah, Florida yeah, not, has not good people. better weather, and mm. uh, it's it's not horrible like, uh, like California. California just, uh, people tried to get me to go work in California uh, as a programmer, and I was like, no, I want no part of this. I was... I, I, I was very close to making that mistake, and I didn't at the last moment. Yeah. But, Do you think it's true that people are cold in New England? Um, I don't know, because a lot of the people I react or I interact with are not New Englanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even though I'm in New England, um, you know, I interact with people from all over the country, so I don't, I don't really get a feel for you know, what's New England. Jasmine Grimshaw, she's a 30 or sorry, 23 year old fine art student. She's had lonely feelings for her whole life, said it made it worse when she got to college. Uh, And then, of course, when you get out of college, she says it's even harder to keep up with people since you've got your own lives. She says it makes it so that we have to feel lonely, even though we're in a world with so many people. Now, we have the benefit here of having moved to a place all three of us uh, separately we didn't know each other before the free state project this idea of libertarians migrating to one geographic area which is new hampshire uh, we happen to choose the Keene area for whatever various reasons we chose it uh, but whether you choose Keene or manchester or the seacoast or you know concord there's going to be a community if you're going around a population center there's going to be an existing community of freedom-loving people, many of whom are probably going to have some things in common with you beyond just the fact that you like freedom. That's yeah. that's a good thing to to you know kind of bring people together. But then there's other things like hobbies or whatever. Some people do like sports ball. Some people like <laughs> to play you know games like Magic the Gathering or whatever. Right? Like there's a whole range oh, of, yeah. of interests amongst the people who've moved here. Some some people have families with kids and they have their kids go and play together on the playground or whatever. And so that's a nice thing because you have this built-in community of people that really care about something that's motivating to them. Places in England like Eycliffe West in County Durham or Fieldway in Croydon are said to have higher rates of loneliness and have been dubbed left-behind neighborhoods. All of these 225 neighborhoods across the country, again, talking about the U.K., have been identified with not having received their fair share of investment. So they're actually blaming government spending 
here for people being lonely and lacking in the resources or facilities that help people form communities. Do you think people needed to have a government in order to connect with people <laughs> prior to the state? Uh, that sounds like some leftist nonsense I'm, I, to me. I'm trying to think of any government like project or facility that I've ever utilized, let alone to make friends. It's it, Yeah, that just seems to me like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> Connecting welfare whores with other welfare whores, maybe? Uh, yeah, it's like who are you gonna who are you gonna meet through the government <laughs> matchmaking service? Sounds yeah, like a disaster. I don't, uh, I don't see it. They say one service dedicated to trying to bridge the gap between different communities to ward off loneliness is Age UK's Befriending Service. It offers elderly people the chance to have a weekly phone call with someone, no matter where they're based. If it were me programming one of these things. I would have the AI ask questions, right? Because if the idea is to make somebody feel like they're being listened to, because that's what most people want, yeah. right? Like you, you go and you look at uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Great book. Uh, it talks about if you want people to like you, you should let them talk about themselves. Yeah. Right? So if this Gemma is a, is a uh, an actual robot, now again, leading, leaving aside that she knows a thing or two about Agatha Christie, but if she's on the line with this, sure. this real person who never gets to talk to anybody and all the robot does is ask him questions about what he likes or what he did or what he's, you know, the things about him, then he'll spend time just talking about himself and at the end of the conversation, he'll think this is a really good friend and this yeah. is a, this is someone he wants to talk to again. Because he was able to simply express himself. Yeah, and, and you have to remember too, especially when you're talking about older people. You know, if, if a spammer calls them up on the phone or a fraudster, mm-hmm. they'll talk your ear off. Yeah. Um. You know. So. Uh. You know. Older people will talk the the, the fraudster, fraudster or the spammer or whoever yeah. his ear off, and that's uh, how they that's how they take advantage yeah, of these right. People, and that's that's basically how the uh, romance scams work. Yep. So. Uh, so yeah, that's really interesting. I actually, there's an app that I use, uh, called home workout and they, they do advertisements in there to support their, their app. And one of them that just makes me shake my head is this app about this friend. New technology, you know, it does help our lives, um, a lot better. And I never liked self-checkout when I first seen him Hmm. and I was like, Oh, another thing that I got to learn. But once I realized that it's, it's very convenient once I got used to it. I just like the idea that I make the cashier's life a lot easier, and that was my You mean by putting them out of a job? <laughs> well, well, the thing about it is that the ones that do have a job, I, th- I think, I mean, they need less cashiers, but whatever cashiers that they have, it, it just uh, of a less stress on them. Are you saying that you're a customer that tends to cause an employee stress, that if, if you go through a cashier's <laughs> line, it's going to be a difficult time because you're constantly pushing communism on them or something? Like, why are you such a bad customer? <laughs> okay, that's funny. Well, you know, I just feel like if you're waiting in line and then you you want that person, it just feels like if, if I'm in the line, they have to, I see them suffering, you know, kicking people out in front of me, but if I have the robot, if I interact with the machine, and then I don't, I don't, you know, they don't have any emotions. I have not, you know, I've burdened them in any way. And, and, and once I got the hang of it, I could do everything by myself. Wow. Even at Home Depot, they have the remote one that if you have a, a large item, you just remote, you just have the, 
the handheld a unit. Remote, yeah, I yeah, know what you're talking about. You can, the, the scanner, the handheld scanner at the, the Home Depot. There's going to be other opportunities for them to do. There's going to be ways for them to survive. That's other true. Than, for for anybody right. that does want to actually create something in the marketplace to provide a product or a service, those people will always have uh, opportunities to move up in life and, and be better and you know not have to be stuck on a government check. Thanks, Sarah, for the call tonight. All I could think of there was imagining Sarah talking to an AI. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, the AI is – I think she's the perfect candidate. I, I was imagining for, for having that. like a special AI line that we could transfer Sarah over to. <laughs> See how and, long she goes on for and just see if she'll talk to the AI <laughs> oh, for uh, for a lengthy period of time. See how long. Yeah, hmm. it could be done. I, I don't have the tech for it right now, but yeah, it could be I, done. I, I have to say, I, I I tend I tend to be too nice to people who just go on and on and mm-hmm. on. Uh, but it's it's like yeah, it's. If we had it, I would say, and we have Sarah on the AI line right now. We're going to check back with her in five minutes, and we'll see if she's still going on. And then check back in another five minutes just to see what she's talking about with the uh, the AI, just to see how long it would go before Sarah would finally say, you know what, I've got a cake in the oven. I've got to go, you know, and hang up, hang up the phone. <laughs> Basically, the headline here is the Kids Online Safety Act is a heavy-handed plan to force platforms to spy on young people. So basically, well, sounds creepy. This is another example of government wanting private businesses to, I want to say, do the government's job, but really, I don't think this is the government's job. This is, you know, like, I don't know, maybe a parent's job. <laughs> if anybody's, yeah. Uh, so let's see. Here we go. Uh, putting, but the name of the bill, I mean, no one could be opposed to protecting well, the children. Yeah. And nobody is. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. All right. Putting children under surveillance and limiting their access to information doesn't make them safer. In fact, research suggests just the opposite. Hmm. Unfortunately, those tactics are the ones endorsed by the Kids Online Safety Act of 2022, COSA. Introduced by... Didn't they already have the Kids Online Protection Act? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They've had so many bills like this that Papa. have been shot down by the, the U.S. Supreme Court. Mm. Uh, in the 90s, I think they, they, they I think they did it like at least four, five, six times uh, where they passed the same bill that had been shot down by the U.S. Supreme wow. Court. And it just got shot down again and again and again. Um, it, I don't think... It, the, this bill may be a little bit different than that, mm-hmm. uh, but basically the gist of that was, I believe, something to the effect of like the rights of adults cannot be infringed to protect the children effectively. COSA would require the following, a new legal duty for platforms to prevent certain harms. COSA onlines Uh-oh. a or I'm sorry, outlines a wide collection of content that platforms can be sued for if young people encounter it. Oh my! I mean, this. Just, I mean, this just sounds absolutely crazy. This. This. You know. This. <laughs> this sounds a lot like. Uh, I forget what the bill was now, but um, the bill basically uh hindered prostitution uh or on like sites like Craigslist and really anywhere on the internet. Um, but it, it it's the same sort of thing where if if you don't shut down any kind of personal ads, it, they're just personal ads. But yep. because they could be, in theory, somebody pretending to be looking for a date, actually looking for sex, then uh, you're then liable for it as a, as the site owner. So 
yeah, there's a lot of risk to that. Yeah, I remember that when that came out, that was why Craigslist shut down their personal section. Right, right. The consequences mm-hmm. of these they just sorts, didn't want to deal with it. Right. The consequences of these sorts of um, you know laws or bills, uh, proposed bills, um, can be significant and well. Harm. In that case, it drove people more underground right Right. so instead of being able to just simply advertise your sexual service or whatever on craigslist which may or may not have been illegal on its own uh you know if you're charging for sex in most places that's illegal but now you're forcing those people into even seedier places even more dangerous dens on the internet or whatever cosa outlines a wide collection of content that platforms can be sued for if young people encounter it including Promotion of self-harm, suicide, eating disorders, substance. I mean, you would think that some of this stuff is like, oh, I don't know, information to help people like solve their eating disorder. Like, like those are the kinds of sites, too, that they're also going to end up having to, you know, uh, block or they're not going to allow, you know, young people who may actually have a de- eating disorder to see mm. uh, because that's that's going to put them at risk. Substance abuse. And other- so every drug forum is going to be completely outlawed yeah, in this and, case. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're literally, I mean, they're probably banning sites or content, you know, that would be like anti-drug too, or, you know, by that. Oh, I don't know that. about that. But there are definitely I mean, forums out there. I've, I mean, I've been on the blue light forums is, is one of them, uh, where people who use drugs post to one another about their experiences or their opinions or whatever. They're... You know, going to work or the different stories that they want to tell about their lives yeah, using I, drugs. I don't know. I don't know. I, I if, if it's just anything that contains information, mm-hmm. which is what it sounds like to me. It, well, it sounds like the promotion of is what they're saying. This is probably one of the more disturbing ones. An elaborate age verification likely run by a third party would be they'd have to implement um, okay, so that so that would be different than just the checkbox, which was what I was asking about before. That's what you, it sounds like. Yeah, because so, I was asking, can you get around this by just having if, a little checkbox saying you're over the age of 16 and now, no, you're <laughs> going to have to have some sort of age verification service. So that would probably require an ID. This, uh, I mean, this sounds this sounds, sounds unconstitutional based on, you know, 1990s era Supreme Court rulings. Um, that when, doesn't mean they won't pass it. I, I won't, mm. won't. I will not be surprised if they pass it. Yeah. But in theory, there's already court decisions that say you cannot hinder the rights of free speech rights of adults effectively. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, well, you you have to prove you're an adult. They're going to they would argue that, well, yeah, we're not in we're not hindering the free speech rights of adults. But the thing is, children, they've already ruled that against that, though, that argument. So, well, look, young people have free speech rights, too. It's not just because you're an adult that you get free speech rights. You don't just you don't cross the age of 18 or whatever the age of majority might be in whatever jurisdiction. And then all of a sudden you have more freedom to speak. No, you should have the freedom of speech under that age. What's the famous quote? Um, Even even at schoolhouse steps, you know, to government schools. Mm Your your free speech rights are preserved to some degree. They should be. Nobody can start up a new site, okay? Because if you start up a new site, you have to have money to pay for this age verification mm, right. bill. Those don't come but free. New sites are, uh, but new sites are not profitable. Yeah. So it means that pretty much the online services that exist now will be the only online services that ever exist. That's a great point. Well, within the United States anyway. Um, sure. Uh, well, but, yeah. They have no problem prosecuting foreigners for voting. I mean, look at what That's they're true. doing to Julian Assange. That's right? true. That's true. 
Yeah. Um, so, so there's some other things too here. Uh, parental controls. Everybody is going to end up with a default on uh, set of uh, the way they phrase this is turned on and set to their highest settings <laughs> to block or filter a wide array of content. So get ready. Wow. How do you, you even determine who their parents are so you know who can control this thing? Age verification. It, it won't be. It'll be on. It, they're literally talking about turning on age verification for everybody. And the default is going to be if you don't verify, I think it sounds like it's going to be. I, I don't know. I don't even know if that's an option. You can't verify. You don't get through. Yeah, the, you don't the get sign access up. to the site. I guess. Yeah. But um. Wow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is just. How do you even have something on the front page for somebody to see? Like, how do you even tease them into the site? I, I don't like, know. this is the content that you're gonna get. This is the thing that I think a lot of people forget is the internet is not like a, there's not a single legal jurisdiction, and even the United States doesn't have the ability to shut down websites in say Russia or, you know, Ukraine or, um, China, you know, and, and, and don't get Thank me wrong. Goodness. Some of those countries already have even worse laws in this regard. Mm -hmm. But the point that I'm making is simply that there's always going to be somewhere that you can find a host where maybe it's a war often, actually, uh, one of the places that like spammers and, you know, hackers and things operate from are war-torn regions where there is no government effectively or there is no uh, effective policing anyway. Um, so they can basically operate freely when it comes to, you know, hacking or setting up servers or malware or whatever. So, you know, they're called bulletproof hosting companies. Mm -hmm. So it, this is not something that's like, and this is not something like that's hard to sign up for. You just kind of have to, you know, be in the know a little bit if that's mm -hmm. what you're looking for as far as a service. Mm -hmm. um, but they're pretty relatively easy to find. You just basically have to do a search for bulletproof hosting and, okay. and you'll find them. So. All right. What else do we need to know about this bill? Yeah. So um, so it would likely result in further tracking of all users. Another Ooh. thing you have to deal with when you're online is the fact that uh, these search companies are getting more and more, let's say, opinionated about what they're going to allow you to see in their search results. It mm -hmm. used to be the idea behind a search website, a good search website, would be that there'd be no bias to the search, that the search would simply return you the most relevant results that their web crawler had found on the entire internet, right? Like, that's that, the way it was That's certainly be. their, that would be one's objective to attracting users anyway, for sure. Yes. Mm -hmm. Then what we found out during various political seasons in the last, well, half a decade or so, maybe a little longer than that was that Google was leaving certain results out or promoting other results over top of some, you know, what you might have actually been looking for, giving extra result, you know, rankings to things that they were in their political favor, for instance, like maybe promoting the Hillary Clinton campaign over Donald Trump for instance, or making mm -hmm. it so you couldn't easily find the story about Hillary Clinton in the email server that uh, that she had, uh, what was it, hacked or something like that? Or it was like a real easy password to crack? I forget all the details on it, but she had some sort of illegal email server. Yeah, yeah she just had an email server with a bunch of classified information on it. Google was restricting certain search results, and and one of them was like you couldn't easily find the story about Hillary in the in the emails, like the autofill thing where you type where you type into Google search and it starts filling automatically things that people search for. Mm -hmm. A lot of them were like 
the things that were critical of Hillary Clinton were not showing up in that search uh, search results. It was all like puff piece mm-hmm. things about Hillary Clinton. And so you had the story about Google and that kind of, you know, made some headlines. And of course, that led people to say, well, OK, where do we go? Because Google has had the, the bulk of the search traffic for two decades now, basically, mm-hmm. at this point. And so it's become a verb. People use the word yeah. Google instead of search. Yep. Uh, and and yeah. so, you know, what do you do to break that? Well, you have to promote some other search engine. And I guess the, the upshot of of that, that that should be mentioned is that if anybody tries to tell you that the 2020 election wasn't rigged, they're either stupid or they're lying. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because it was definitely rigged. Uh whether or not um the fake whether or not fake ballots were put in, I don't know, but big tech did everything they could to rig the election. They did a hell of a lot more than the Russians did in 2016. Hot off the presses down here. Detroit Red Wing octopus twirling Zamboni driver was fired for urinating in drain. Files discrimination suit. He's going to win. He's got a he's got a four uh, type of program here. He didn't get his verbal warning. He didn't get a written warning. He didn't get a performance improvement program. He just got the, the fourth step is determination. They got to follow that. Otherwise, Hold on, slow he's down for a moment here. Statement and back pay. In which drain was he urinating? He is urinating in a sewer drain. Apparently, there's going to be a convoy, a freedom freedom convoy of some kind to the Capitol in Concord, New Hampshire, on April 30th. you know anything about that? Uh, no. A freedom convoy from where to the uh, Capitol convoy? Do you know that? No, I don't. I heard about it from Therese Grinnell about a week ago. Oh, okay. Therese is uh, uh, the leader. I guess she runs, uh, I think she runs WeThePeopleNH.org and She's the one who was arrested at the governor's meeting for saying the word "ah oh, man." <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she definitely was. Wow, that, is that illegal? Uh, well, hopefully they <laughs> they are going to court over that particular arrest. So we will find out over time what the okay. court system thinks about that. Uh, no, I have not heard about this one, Dave. But I I'm in a few different chat groups with her, so I expect that I probably will see something at some point about it. I know they've been doing regular um, protests. She did tell me the other day, she was on the New Hampshire exit call over the weekend, and she did say that they're having regular protests on Saturdays at the State House. So this may be a a modification to that where they might be convoying in to that uh, regular protest, perhaps. Yes, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to mention that, uh, that next. My main topic tonight, so it's a Friday night, and there's probably people out there who are kind of lonely. I know there's a, there was a time period when I was calling in every night because, uh, well, you were like free therapy live. You were the only people who talked to me. <laughs> but I wanted to let people know that um, there's something called warm lines, but I didn't even know that existed because you'll always hear about, like, the crisis hotlines, mm-hmm. like suicide hotlines. Sure. But if you're not to that point where you're going to self-harm and you don't want cops showing up at your house, you just want someone to talk to because you just need someone to talk to, just mm. like a kind, anonymous stranger, um, they have a directory of warm lines if you do, a, a like, a Google search. <laughs> and um, there's also a website called Seven Cups where anonymous listeners, you can just type chat to them and, and they'll you know, seven you cups, like C-U-P-S cups? Yeah, like seven cups of tea is where that comes from. Okay. Um, 
And is yeah, it the so. number seven C-U-P-S is the website? Right. Exactly. Is it a dot com? Do you know what the it whole is, thing is? It is just a dot com. Okay. So and that's, a, that's for online a, chat with other people? Yeah. There's listeners from all over the world, and it's completely anonymous. Mm-hmm. So you can just type to a supportive stranger. And if that stranger doesn't work out, there's tons of people who are on there day and night, like all hours. And there's also something called, if it's in the middle of the night, and you're like really having, you know, something going on in the middle of the night, and there's like nobody. Um Seven well, cups works, if there's nobody, cups. then just talk oh. to nobody. <laughs> you just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.